well, well. Welcome back to the Outkick Bets podcast. I brought in the hoops handicapping homie, David Troy, to do NFL Week 15 with me. The uh, Outkick NFL analyst, Dan Zakszewski, is in illness COVID-19 protocol. I actually shouldn't spread that rumor. I don't know what his illness is, but he's been out <laughs> sick. And, and so I'm having David fill in, who just continues to make winning bets in the NBA. I know he's had a decent NFL season. You like talking hoops with me, David, but you're going to love talking football with me. Hey, I just love talking with you, Jeff. It's a good time. I'm not I'm not so bad. I mean, people no, you're good dude. I have a bad reputation, but like I'm, you know, just a little rough around the edges. No, I wouldn't even say that. No, I'm I, mean, just I don't kidding. know your reputation, I guess, but oh, you're a fun guy. Let me tell you. Bookies hate me come NFL season. Do they? That's my reputation. Like I oh, like it. Don't take bets from him. I'm just I like it. I'm just talking shit. It, I am very confident because, truthfully, this has probably been my best NFL season in terms of just like preseason predictions, week-in, week-out performance. I went 3-2 and two last week in the circuit contest. Huge step back from a 5-0 and oh week 13, but still, I think it was my fourth or Fifth consecutive winning week in the Circa. I'm nine games above 500, um, right around a thousandth place, which doesn't sound that good, but there's 5,273, give or take, in there. So I'm in the top 20%, um, 100. And I think I'm four games out. So, I mean, there's 20 games left. You got to pick five games against the spread every week, four more weeks. So 20, 20 points left remaining. I probably got. I gotta probably hit seventy percent to 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 have any shot at the money. I have no shot yeah. at winning, but any shot at the money, I'm gonna have to go seventy seventy five percent. I would say, but it's in the cards. I'm seeing it well. Um, again, a lot of my preseason predictions have come through. I have egg on my face with a couple, specifically the Carolina Panthers and my New York Giants, who we may or may not talk about a little bit later. I know that the uh, homie Scott Martin from Fox News, who will join me after me and David go through our bets, he has uh, a pick in the Giants-Saints game, so stick around. Uh, but let's talk about the first – actually, let's talk about Thursday Night Football um, since you have a pick in that game, right? Yeah, I do. So mm-hmm. um, I'll cut right to the chase. The pick in this one is the Raiders to go under 19.5 points. Uh, it isn't really a play on the Chargers – um, defense or anything like this and um, I want to make it clear I don't really have recency bias about the Raiders in terms of uh, what happened this past Sunday where they lost a game three to nothing but and making in historic fashion pretty yeah, much the just, worst NFL game ever yeah it was terrible but that isn't really the sole reason for this since Aiden O'Connell has taken over as the quarterback Here's how many points the Raiders have scored in each game. Since he took it over against the Chargers, they scored 17 at uh, at Los Angeles, 12, then 30 against the Giants, 16, 13, 17, 0. Dude, I was at so, the Giants game. That was – I'm cursed. Yeah, yeah, Any Giants game that. I go to, they, they get absolutely crushed. <laughs> well, well, one, they lost in a game-winning touchdown pass from Tony Romo as time expired. So they didn't get crushed, but I got crushed. Yeah. I mean, anyway, heartbreaker at least. Anyways, Aiden O'Connell. Sorry. 
Yeah, no. So it's not like this guy's really leading their offense in general. Um, again, I don't really have much faith in the Chargers. The Chargers rank near the bottom in terms of passing yards allowed. Um, they're not. They're just not a very good defense uh, overall. But I think they can get enough pressure on the quarterback. They do give up twenty one and a or twenty one point seven points per game this year. But all I'm looking for them to do is give up nineteen or fewer in this one. So that's my first play. That's my play for tonight. Is the Raiders to go under nineteen and a half points? Okay. Um, it looks like their right tackle Colton Miller, who's pretty good, is going to be out. Josh Jacobs missed practice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Devontae Adams showed up on the uh, practice or didn't practice Wednesday. He had an illness. Not sure what his official game status is. We're recording this December 14th, so the morning of the Thursday night football game. Um, No, I like your look. My only concern here, a couple actually. One, we could see Jimmy G, which would help the Raiders' offense, obviously. Well, if Aiden O'Connell gets benched, then just having another like a relief pitcher in there probably can't hurt. We'll see. The other yeah. thing is, like, I'm a Southern California resident. I have a lot of Charger fans and Raider fans in my life, and these games always get effing nuts, dude. <laughs> it's it's weird. I'm telling you, these games get crazy. It's, they're kind of fun, especially when you're watching them with Chargers and Raiders fans, which is in the grand scheme of NFL rivalries at the bottom of the power rankings because – like, it's very hard to find Charger fans, and somehow I have, like, 10 of them that I know in my life. But I just know from experience these games get just batshit crazy. So, um, I actually, though, I know you weren't really, like, a bulk here handicap wasn't how good the Chargers defense is, but they have been playing pretty good lately. Brandon sure, Staley yeah. is a defensive guy, and he's got to be coaching for his job, and his only path to keeping his job is if the defense balls out down the stretch. So, Yeah, I agree with you on that, um, especially now, too. He's going to have to focus more on the defense with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Herbert. Ethan, Ethan Stick? Easton. Easton. Easton Hockey Stick. Yeah. Uh, um, Did you ever play with an Easton? I never could skate. What? So. You never? Did you ever play street hockey? Yeah. Okay. So I had, I mean, I had an Easton stick, but I, yeah, I never played ice hockey because I could never skate and I just refused to accept it. So I was pretty, let me just tell you a secret, not a secret, not anymore at least. I was pretty much the Gordie Howe of upstate New York pickup hockey. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I was an absolute monster. Good. My, my wrist shot accuracy is legendary. Let me just say that. Nice. And nice. pretty much average a hot tr- hat trick in, in gym floor hockey, which no skates, but whatever. Just saying. Yeah. That's not what we're here like to it. talk about. This is an NFL podcast. I'm just trying to lighten <laughs> it up a little bit. Is that, <laughs> is that all you got in the Thursday night football game? Yeah, that's all I have for this one. All right. Good stuff, man. Let's talk about Saturday football with the Minnesota Vikings at the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to bet the Vikings plus three plus 100. Actually, I'm going to give it out at that number. I bet it. I hate to do this front-running picks. I bet it at three and a half earlier this week, but because I'm very confident in my NFL stuff, I've been betting all my picks like as soon as they come out. I don't even like look at the injury reports because, frankly, focusing too much on the injury reports this year has caused me to lose. Like It just 
And I've heard that like in the NFL betting community, it's like the injury reports actually haven't mattered that much this season. So I took it at three and a half because I knew this was going to close lower than three and a half. It opened at five quickly bet down to four and a half four. pregame.com is reporting that more than 80% of the money is on Cincinnati. So they're booking sharp action on Minnesota. Who knows how valid that stuff is, but I can't see many people betting the Vikings after again, they just played seriously the worst NFL game maybe ever. And you know, they're going to their fourth quarterback now and Nick Mullins, who I actually think is an upgrade over Josh Dobbs minimal, of course, but you know, he's, he's a, a good packet passer. And I was actually surprised about this. I felt like Nick Mullins came out of left field because I guess I wasn't paying attention enough, but he's been with Minnesota since last season. So that's when they hired Kevin O'Connell. He's familiar with the system. The only reason the Vikings had Josh Jobs or I'm playing Josh Jobs is because Nick Mullins is on the IR. So I thought Nick Mullins was more of a random guy, but it feels it's actually Josh Dobbs who was the random guy. And I actually, thinking about that trade, makes me feel stronger about Minnesota going forward and the confidence they have in their team. They knew they were getting Nick Mullins back. They knew they weren't getting Kirk Cousins back. They 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 gambled on Josh Jobs because they're like, hey, we have a chance to go to the playoffs this year. We're not trying to lose any games. Like, we're not going to put in after their rookie or that guy, Jaron Hall, got hurt. We're not going to put in. Like, we're, we got to do something here in the position. So they went with Josh Dobbs, and I actually don't hate it. They played pretty good with him. I mean, he, he turned into a pumpkin. But the real reason why I like this uh, the Vikings here is because of their defense. I've been a big Brian Flores fan. If you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me talk about him a lot. Have you, David, ever heard of the website Inpredictable.com? Inpredictable. No, I haven't. You're going to love it. Familiarize okay. yourself with it. It essentially takes the closing spreads and uses them to 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 give the true market power rankings of every team you know, based on their implied score, based on the total and spread. And so they have it for the NBA, they have it in the NFL, and it's just like a baseline power rankings to kind of check your work against or whatever, use that for your analysis. Anyways, they have, the market, excuse me, has Cincinnati's defense ranked fourth and Minnesota's ranked seventh. That's so inaccurate. It almost has to be a typo. Like, I can't believe the market is overrating the Cincinnati Bengals defense to that extent. Let me give you their rankings. In yards per play, Cincinnati's defense, 31st. In EPA, they're 26. And early down success rate, which is a very predictive analytic. Warren Sharp always uses it. Say what you will about him, but whatever. They're dead last in the NFL. Minnesota's defense, tied for fifth in YPP. Um... Fifth in EPA and third in early down success rate. They're heads and shoulders better than the Bengals, and they played against the 49ers this year, the Eagles this year, the Chiefs this year. They got smacked around by the Chiefs, but like the Vikings and Brian Forbes' first year as a defensive coordinator have improved every step along the way. So I got Jake Browning, who I think the market is just going gaga over and overrating in a, in a huge way. Like I've heard people who I respect say something to the fact that Cincinnati's offense isn't going to dip without Joe Burrow. 
that is absolute lunacy. Like, I'm not too old to remember when the Bengals were cursed. They were cursed, David, when we were, you know what I mean? Like, before Joe Burrow. What's, yeah. your, what's your impression of the Bengals? Fucking I mean, cursed. Before. Yeah, they're, yeah. Fuck, they're cursed. Carson Palmer was good for a couple of years. It's and... like <laughs> Lions, Jets, Browns, Bengals. Like, growing yeah. up, they were they were the cursed teams, right? So, yeah. saying Browning is going to be good after three games, one of which he sucked in, whatever. I'll fade that shit. Um, this is actually probably my favorite bet of the year, favorite bet of the, of the week. So, I actually have wow. it as a rare two-unit play. I never wow. go to two units. Look at you. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know if any of my analysis pushed you in a direction either which way. You can give your thoughts on this game, or we could just move on to your next pick. Uh, I have a couple of brief thoughts that I'll, I'll throw out there. Love I like it. the over for the game. Um, and part of this, like I know I just mentioned the the game between the Raiders. I, I do think that the Vikings offense is being a little undervalued here. I, I think they'll be able to score against the Bengals. A lot of it is the points you brought up. Bengals defense just isn't that good but I also think that the Bengals at home will be able to score against the Vikings this is a shorter week still because it's a Saturday game um, <clears throat> so not everything can be worked on and not everything can um, be sorted out I, I actually do happen to like Browning I think he is a pretty decent enough quarterback and I think uh, having Jamar Chase out there is going to be helpful for him where I have a little bit of concern um, is that Joe Mixon is he, he to me he's not a good running back I, I don't like anything about Mixon and I think he's going to really struggle against the Vikings so Browning is going to have to be very good in this game um, so that that's the only kind of concern I have with it but I, I think they get over the 40 and a half points in this one and then one other thing just in case you don't follow me or haven't followed me on uh, outkick or on Twitter or any of this stuff. Future Pro 2024, of, baby. Thank you. I do a lot of uh, first touchdown plays and those have been extremely successful for me this year and in past years. Um, and this year I think, so I, I give out like two or three sprinkles each Sunday uh, as part of um, an NFL package with somebody else. But um, I think I've, been profitable 11 out of 14 weeks and uh this week i'm looking at alexander mattison to have the first touchdown in this one Bengals are not good against um well jeff already mentioned pretty much everything about the Bengals, but they've given up 10 touchdowns to running backs um on the season which is like sixth worst in the nfl um i think that if the Bengals, or excuse me, if the Vikings can open up the, the offense a little bit for Mullins and, and lean on Madison a little bit more, it's going to help them overall. So I'm taking Madison first touchdown plus 1,000. Love it. I do have a slight disagreement with you on the total, but I don't have a bet on it, so I don't care about being wrong. I hope yeah. the Vikings themselves get this game over the total. It's a, just a 45-0 ass whooping. What is it? It's 40 go. and a half? 40 and a half, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got recency bias of the Vikings just playing the worst game ever. Justin Jefferson is going to be playing. Cincinnati's defense sucks. Um, I don't think the Vikings used any of their good plays last week because they don't need to. Meh, I can see it. I can see it. I'm not going to follow you, but good luck, homie. 
as Thank always. You. Appreciate it. What's your next pick? Uh, the next pick's actually on Saturday as well. Um, this mm. is a, a player prop, and it's between Denver and Detroit. Um, and again, I'm, I'll just cut to the chase with a lot of these. Uh, my play is over 50.5 rushing yards for Jameer Gibbs. Um, and I'll, I'll sum it up this way. In seven of his 11 games, he's gone over this. He's gone over this total in, I believe, four out of his last five games, something like that. Um, the Broncos right now, and I understand that some of the Broncos' numbers are very thrown off and skewed because of the game against Miami, and the Broncos have been better lately, especially on defense, but they're still dead last in yards allowed per game uh, to opposing runners. Um, so... For me, Gibbs getting 51 yards really isn't that much of a stretch here. I get that David Montgomery is also a running back for uh, the Lions, but Gibbs seems to be out there just as much and is getting a lot of opportunities. He's a pretty dynamic back. Um, and again, you know, he just faced the Bears defense twice, which has been a pretty solid um, defense lately at least. He scored. He had 11 carries last week, 66 yards. Um, the other time he faced them, he only had 36 yards. But I I like the way that he's been playing. I do think that he gets the opportunities here. He hasn't been getting like a ton of carries. I mean, he's had 11, 8, 11, 8, 14 in his last five. But you're not asking him for do, to do a ton here. I I think he gets over 50 and a half yards against the Broncos. Well, Jameer Gibbs underperforming this season is a big reason why I'm not in the fancy football playoffs. It's not even oh, yeah. his fault. It's just the way the Detroit's coaching staff used him, easing him into the game plan, which pisses me off because it's like they used a top 15 pick on him. Like, let the guy get busy. Come on, what are we doing here? But Yeah, and it, it, his yard per carry is 5.4. Yeah, he's a bowler. Is- yeah, six touchdowns, 5.4 yards. Like, I mean, he's he's playing very well. So I think, you know, he, he he doesn't have a ton of attempts, and it's not always consistent. But when they give him the opportunity, he cooks. So. All right. I'm fading your hometown team with my second pick, the Chicago Bears, who I've made – a uh, lot of money on this year. I've been a big supporter of them. I kind of like Justin Fields. I love how the defense has been playing. Um, but they opened up as five-point underdogs last week at home against Detroit, who they match up much better with. And only getting three in Cleveland, to me, is just too good to pass up. Um, I'm not even sure what the betting splits are. They don't matter. Joe Flacco's going to get a second straight or maybe third straight start for the Browns. And frankly, I like what I've seen out of him. You know, we know he's got a, um, he, you know, he, he has superstar potential. It's, you know, he's super old as well, and he's probably not going to, um, you know, recapture that. But Cleveland's scheme, their uh, Kevin Stefanski, their offensive coach, their tight end, uh, David Njoku, and wide receiving options are really good, are above average. It's just a matter of finding the quarterback that can, you know, get the most out of this offense. And 
I think Deshaun Watson, I love Deshaun Watson I, as a football player. <laughs> and I think he would have ended up, um, you know, helping the Browns make a Super Bowl run. But I don't say that I can't say the same about Joe Flacco, but I do think he's a much better option than the other two guys they had. And Cleveland's defense is elite at home. They're, uh, you know, elite for the season, but at home they're especially tough. Uh, Miles Garrett's going to shut off half of the field for Justin Fields to run. I don't think he's going to be running towards Jason Garrett and, or Miles Garrett, excuse me, not Jason Garrett. And the, um, there's a good chance Denzel Ward, the Browns number one cornerback comes back. And if you can take DJ Moore off the table or, or, you know, minimize his effectiveness, I think Chicago's offense is going to face plant. So I just, I don't know. I've been, I've, I've made a lot of money on both these teams this year. I just think Chicago's offense is too one dimensional for Cleveland's defense and Joe Flacco make enough plays to get the Browns to 20 points. Let's say, and I don't, I actually don't think the bears score more than 17. So that's where I'm at in this game. Any thoughts or want to move to your, your third pick? Yeah, we can move to the third. I, I do like your look though. For sure. All right, but you're you're an anti Bears guy, even though you're from Windy City. Yeah, I don't like the Bears at all. I think they're just a terribly run franchise, and I I never adopted them. So I don't think they've had a good quarterback since like your dad was a kid. Maybe not even then. Like I I, I the Bears whole steez is hilarious to me. Like yeah. once every ten years they have a nasty defense and a terrible quarterback, but it, their defense is so good. They're Rex, actually a Rex threat. Grossman. Rex Grossman was the starter for their last yeah. Super Bowl appearance. So sexy Rexy, who can forget? Yeah. All right. What else? Jay Cutler was okay, but yeah, it was. Uh, I took the Colts on the money line against the Steelers. Um, is this another Thursday play? This is a Saturday still. Or I was Saturday, looking at excuse me. earlier earlier in the week. So, uh, so a lot of what I do is spend time looking at what articles would make sense for Outkick. Um, and then I kind of evaluate the games and, and go about it that way. Should so, I be doing that? <laughs> no, no. This is this is more like, you know, I, I try and write two articles a day. So I, I was looking at all these games and I was like, you know what? I actually have stuff for all these. But um, the Colts are, are my play for this one. Part of this is just the fate of the Steelers. I don't I haven't liked the Steelers for a few years now. I don't have any faith in Kenny Pickett. He's not playing in this one, but he was most of the reason that I've bet the under on their win total. I think it'll cash two years in a row, and I'll be wrong two years in a row, but um, it's not because of him. It's despite Kenny Pickett. They are still winning games. So uh, This one, though, I, I think Minshew is better than Mitchell Trubisky. I think it's a pretty simple For sure. assessment there, and basically telling me that all they have to do is win at minus 125 and they're at home. The Steelers do have a little bit extra rest because their last game was on a Thursday against the Patriots. So they've had a little bit extra time to come in here and and, uh, prepare for this game, which is a good thing for Mike Tomlin. He's obviously a really good coach. Um, Colts are coming off of a loss to the Bengals um, and they're, they're probably not going to have Jonathan Taylor. They probably won't have one of their offensive tackles, but, 
you know, if, if I have to say like which team has a better defense, it might be the Steelers, but I don't think the gap between the Colts and the Steelers is all that significant on defense. Interesting. Do you think it is? I do. I think the Colts defense is bottom five, bottom 10, whereas Pittsburgh has got a, a league average like floor. So I can just, I, one, one thing that I can tell you, and this doesn't mean everything to me at all, but the Steelers are allowing 344 yards per game. The Colts are allowing 357. So it's not super far off. In fact, there's only three teams in between the two of them. Now, where it really makes a difference is the points allowed. The Colts are allowing 25 points per game, and the Steelers are only allowing 19 points per game. Ben, don't part, break, of that, part of that, though, I think is also because the Steelers' offense is not very explosive. They don't put a lot of long plays in, so they, they have these shorter like passes, shorter runs, kind of longer drives that take up more time. So I think their games just in general are lower scoring. Um so I think that contributes to a little bit of their their point total per game being lower. Um, but if I'm if I'm looking at this game as being something that's going to be close, and the spread is indicating that it'll probably be a close game, if I have to pick one of the two players or one of the two teams to make an offensive play to get, you know, over the goal line or to get a field goal with two minutes to go, I think it's the Colts. So that to me is why I like this one. Um, you know, to go back to that defensive conversation, if I had to pick a defense out of the two of them, it'd be the Steelers. If I had to pick a coach, it'd be Tomlin. But if I have to take an offense, it's going to be the Colts for sure. Them being at home, close game, again needing something that's uh, needing needing one play or something to finish it out. I like the Colts in this, so I'll take them on the money line at, at minus one twenty-five. I wish you luck, friend. I would not bet this money. Or I would not bet this game with anyone's money. Uh, I have a pretty strict rule about not betting on Minshew or not betting on Mitchell Trubisky, and they're both playing. <laughs> so I, I got to stay away from it. Um, but let's go to America's game of the week: the Dallas Cowboys, red hot Dallas Cowboys, at the Buffalo Bills. I'll try to be short and sweet about this one. I'm going to be a little poly public here and just take the Buffalo Bills. Um, you know, the Bills are still a top five team when you look under the hood of the car. Um, there's you're you're making a face. Their statistical profile, net efficiency, yards per play, all that stuff. They're a top five team. You, you, you include the defense in that at all or absolutely I'm gonna include the defense. Okay. I said net very- efficiency. I, I, I you know if you are what you if you are a uh, you are what your record says you are guy a Bill Parcells guy I can't hate that I, I actually like that kind of logic sometimes but Dallas has played three straight home games their offense is much much better at home I think in a winter weather conditions um, in Buffalo they're gonna regress a little bit uh, Buffalo's um, obviously playing with a sense of urgency, needing to win out essentially to make the playoffs. But I think they're well within their um, – or they they're, have the capability to do so. Um, if you look at all their losses, they're embarrassing in the sense of turnovers and just like shooting themselves in the, in the foot. But they never get their ass beat by anyone. 
mean, the Cowboys got their ass beat by the Cardinals. The Cowboys got their ass beat by the 49ers. I guess the Bills got their ass beat by the Bengals this year and in the playoffs last year. But otherwise, they're all one-score, fluky, weird losses. So um, I get the better quarterback with Josh Allen. You might think I'm crazy, but you you think Dak Prescott's better than Josh Allen? I think that Dak Prescott gets a lot of the flack that Josh Allen should get. Dak is criticized very heavily, and I don't think Allen is criticized as heavily. I think we we are like we make excuses for Allen, and we're like, oh, it's okay. But the guy continues to make stupid passes. He just he he's the reason they lose games. It's not only that he's the reason they win. He is also the reason they lose a bunch of games. If you took either quarterback, I, I don't think you can make an argument. Prescott has is having a better season than Allen is this year. That's fair. I agree with that. So, and I agree with your point that he cost them some games. And I've always said they put too much on Josh Allen's plate. They treat him like he's Peyton Manning. And I like Josh Allen. He's not that good. Yeah. That's why I like Sean McDermott firing the offensive coordinator where most of the NFL community was anti it. And they're like, well, the offense isn't the problem. It's like, no, his defense is banged up. He wants complimentary football. He doesn't want Josh Allen thrown to the other, the other team. So I, I get your points. No, I do. I just, I can't pass up on this price for the bills. I can't. Well, I, I mean, similar to what you just said uh, to me about the kind of game, I, I wish you luck on it. I, um, I don't make a habit of betting on any team going into Buffalo. I think Buffalo is just really good when they play at home. Um, and this does kind of smell like a game the Cowboys would probably blow. But I also don't think the Bills are playing very good football lately. So it's hard for me to back them. So I'm staying away personally. That's fair. Do you have another bet that we can talk about? Number four. <clears throat> Yeah, um, it's Jacksonville and, and Baltimore. Uh, Me too, buddy. Hopefully we're on the same side. I don't know if we're going to be or not. I, I'm i seeing a line that actually moved since I wrote this up. Nope, we're not on the same line or on the same uh, pick. Oh, I, no. I have a feeling. It's still, it's still there. I'm taking the Jaguars plus three and a half at home. Love it. My guy, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> So um, part of this is just kind of from watching the Ravens the last couple of weeks. They just don't seem quite as sharp. Um, I like the way the Jaguars have been playing despite their two losses. I mean, they've lost two in a row. They lost the Bengals and they lost the Browns. Um, but they put up 27 points in Cleveland, which is always a challenge. And that was on Lawrence basically playing kind of on one foot with, uh, with his ankle sprain. Now he's got another week to kind of heal that up. Um, there's there's a lot that goes into this. Your analysis, I'm sure, will be much more crisp than mine. But um, the the big reason that I like this is Jacksonville is one of the best rush defense rush defensive teams in the NFL. And what do the Ravens like to do? They like to run the ball. If they can stop Lamar Jackson and they can stop um, you know Gus Edwards or whoever they hand the ball off to in, in the backfield of the Ravens this week. Um, I I think they're going to be able to make Jackson throw, and I, that's not exactly his strong suit. 
it's not that he's bad, but um, he's just not good. Well, look, he he throws fairly accurate, and he throws basically line drive passes. Like you know what you're going to get out of him. Um, this could be a decent enough game for Flowers and Beckham, but if you're relying on Flowers and Beckham to beat the other team, I think that's where you start to get a little bit of the edge, and that's what I think the Jaguars have here. So. I'm going to take the points here with the Jaguars at home, trying to needing a win, especially. And the Ravens kind of teetering on that loss lately. So I'm, I'm going to take the points in this one. Love it. Samesies, buddy. Uh, and adding to your like, running defense point with Jacksonville, they have two really athletic linebackers, Aluaquan, and I think I said that right. I'm not going to even try to say his first name, and Devin <laughs> Lloyd. Uh, both of which can kind of keep up with Lamar Jackson or could spy Lamar Jackson. You know, he, you know, Lamar could still go off. That's not, of course I love Lamar Jackson, but they at least have the personnel to defend him. But last year in week 12, these teams played Jacksonville won 28 to 27. They had a game winning touchdown pass with 14 seconds left and they hit a two point conversion. What's interesting though is Jaguars were three and a half point underdogs last year in this game. Going into it, they were three and seven, and Baltimore still had Lamar Jackson. I forget their record. I think um, they were, I don't know, like eight or uh, would be. I don't know, like they they were like five games above five hundred. Let's say this year should have written that down. This year, Jacksonville is eight and five. So. I think this price is an overreaction to do two bad losses back-to-back for Jacksonville. And maybe the reaction is fair. Maybe it's based on Trevor Lawrence being a little injured. But the Jaguars lost on Monday Night Football. The Jake Browning and the Bengals, who I'm fading, they lost 34-31. Browning looked good. Hey, whatever. Tip. Tip of the cap to you. Jake Browning, he got him. Maybe he's good. Maybe he's not. Whatever. Last week, they lost to the Browns 31-27. Almost came back. Granted, a lot of their production was in garbage time, but we already talked about the Browns and how good their defense is at home and how I think Joe Flacco can be uh, a solid signing for them moving forward. But, you know, um, we're getting Jacksonville, as you already said, in a a buy-low spot in a game that they need to win. Everyone's me betting the Ravens. It's a Sunday night football game. People are going to be hammering the favorite on the get-out game of the week. So... I think this line is suspicious. The preseason look-ahead line was Jacksonville minus one. Jacksonville's having a good season. Yeah, they lost a couple games recently, but they're still an awesome team, and I just think them as home underdogs against Ravens' team, which has a one-dimensional offense, I'm going to take Jacksonville plus the points. I'm with you. I like it. Love it. All right, so I'm torn on my fifth pick here. Now, this is going to get a little weird for the listeners. Let me just shoot you guys straight because of the recording snafus I had today. I actually had to record with Scott Martin ahead of time, and I don't remember what he said regarding the Giants Saints specifically, and I don't even remember because I'm a stoner if I agreed <laughs> with him or not. But I, after further reflection on this Giants Saints game, and listen to some other opinions. I'm willing to take the Giants plus six, which might end up being a public dog. I'm suspicious about that. I'm also a Giants fan. I hate betting them because I'm biased and it sucks. Here's the thing. Dennis Allen is terrible. He's terrible. 
Derek Carr sucks. They're Dennis Allen, I think, is the worst coach ever against the spread as a favorite. I think he's six and fifteen. Derek Carr, not much better. Last week, the Panthers were five and a half point underdogs in New Orleans, and now the 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 Giants are plus six. The Giants suck, but they're not worse than the Panthers. They're not, and the Tommy DeVito stuff is just noise. But hey. The Giants actually have a chance to sneak in the playoffs if they win out. They're not going to, but they have a chance. So the locker room's motivated. Their 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 team outside of Daniel Jones is actually healthy. Andrew Thomas, the stud left tackles playing. There is Pro Bowl talent on all three levels between Kayvon, Dexter Lawrence, Bobby Okereke, and Xavier McKinney. So the defense is trending in the right direction. The Saints just they can move the ball inside the twenties. They can't score. They suck in the red zone. So, and the final point, this is a shout-out to the pregame podcast. Um, the guy, what's-his-face, A.J. Hoffman made this point, but I'm not sure if Carolina's coach is better than New Orleans's coach, right? But I'm confident Dayball is better than Dennis Allen. Like, I like this is an epic coaching mismatch, and... You know, maybe Brian Dable got a little lucky last year. Dennis Allen has never been lucky. He's just flat-out terrible. So I'm leaning heavily to the Giants, and I have one more to bounce off you, but I want to hear your thoughts about any of that. The Saints have kind of burned me a few times this season. I keep expecting them to be better than they are, just just purely based on the players they have on their field uh, being better than the people that they're facing, and they aren't. So, And why is that? Coaching, why? right? Yeah, the I mean, players are be. better. I mean, why do they? Yeah. Why are they so underwhelming? It's because they whiffed with Derek Carr, who I kind of liked, and for the Raiders and Dennis Allen sucks. That's it. Yeah. That's all it is. Derek Carr's the. He, he always reminds. It looks like he's wearing mascara. It's the weirdest thing in the world. Yeah, I like the meme where he looks like uh, Marv from Home Alone, one of the Sticky Bandits. <laughs> You ever seen that? I don't. I don't think I've seen it. I have to look it up. Because Derek Derek Carr is rocking like a fro right now. Like, a, oh really? Yeah, you gotta look that one up. Just do uh, Derek Carr and Marv Home Alone. You should see it. But all right. Oh so, yeah, I see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, can I bounce my other lean off you? Of course. Washington at the Rams. This is another square look but i'm i I really would i really like the rams here i'm trying to talk myself off of it because it feels too square and i know it's just situationally a terrible game for the rams they just played a really tough game in overtime against a physical baltimore ravens team in baltimore and now they're flying across country playing a game against washington who's coming off of a bye the the Rams also have a Thursday night game next week, so it's not a great spot for them. But I think Wash this is like a rare case where a late season bye week could hurt a team because you know Ron Rivera already fired the defensive coordinator. Everyone knows if the Washington doesn't make the playoffs, which they're not going to. Ron Rivera is probably going to get fired by the new owners. Um, so I don't think the vibes are very high in the locker room. And taking a week off now, what do you think they're doing? Do you think they're studying? Do you think they're super excited to come back to work? Or do you think they're kind of down on themselves, down on the season? 
Um, also, Sam Howell has eaten 14 more sacks than the next guy in the NFL, and that is a nightmare when you're going against Aaron Donald, right? And I've been high on the Rams. That was another prediction I hope um, makes me some money. I thought the Rams are going to make the playoffs this year. I think they're a top four, top five NFC team, and they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs if they should make it. Me and you uh, talked about this recently, and I'm – I'm loving their offense. Like, I think Stafford's a baller. That kid Kyron Williams could play. Their offensive line is magically better after sucking last year. Cooper and Puka can't do much better than that. I'm buying on the Rams' offense. Washington's defense, goddamn nightmare. And Sam Howell's probably going to get his face ripped off by Aaron Donald. So, you know, as I talk about it, I the Rams just jumped ahead of the Giants here because I'm just a biased Giants fan. But I don't know. What are you What are you thinking about anything I just rattled off? Uh, to be honest with you, I didn't look at that game very closely yet. Um, it, it is one of those things where you just have to question how much motivation the Commanders actually have in this game. The Rams are still fighting for a playoff spot, so. They should want to win this one. I, I know you mentioned they have the uh, the game coming up, but seven, they, I mean, they have to win by a touchdown, which isn't unrealistic for them to do. In fact, they've been winning by the, against Cleveland and Arizona. They won by more than a touchdown in both of those games. Uh, Seattle was a one-point game, but that's a division game, and those are usually much tighter contests. Um, mm-hmm. And then they, but at least they they're at home for the Thursday night game against the Saints. Um, they look like they've been a little streaky. Just a quick glance at their schedule, the Rams. Um, I don't know. I I don't think I personally would play it, but I I also wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be shocked if they win this game with with ease. Well, help me out here. Based on what I've given you, would you take the Giants? plus six or lay the six with the Rams. You mean the commanders or are you talking about the other game? Well, like of those two, of two those games, two games, like would you, the giants, you'd rather bet the giants than the yeah, Rams. Yeah, I, I think I'd rather bet the giants at this point um, against the saints. Cause the saints just haven't been playing good football. The only, the only concern I'd have with the giants really is that there's a letdown after the win against green Bay. Because nobody really expected them to win, but the Giants have also won three in a row, and so maybe it's maybe they finally have just kind of figured things out too, and they're turning it around a little bit. So I think taking the points with them makes more sense. All right, thanks for your help on that one. Uh, I've given out six leans and picks, so no pressure to you. But do you do you have another one or any other thoughts on 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 the on the week fifteen fifteen slate you want to discuss? Um, the other, the only other game that I was looking at was Texans Titans, and I haven't gotten there yet. But um, if if Stroud is out, I think the Titans win this one. If he's in, I think Houston wins it. So it all kind of depends on him. Well, you haven't um, seen the latest, right? With, what do you mean? Well, uh, CJ Stroud, I don't think is practicing today, and he's still in concussion protocol. So. Is he? Okay. he is a heavy, heavy underdog to be starting. And he, he, I don't know. I don't know. What am I, what do I know? But he looked like he got rocked. Yeah. And, and so that's the thing, like, you know, 
the line has already moved to minus three for the Titans, so that probably mm-hmm. indicates that he's not going to be in there. Um, yeah, they're all reacting off of the, the Palisar yeah. or Rappaport report, whatever. Yeah. And the, the Texans are just banged up. The Titans obviously have some momentum coming in out off this win against Miami. Um, but this also would be a short week for them. Shorter week. I guess it wouldn't be terribly short. Um, I don't know. So I, I was looking at that game. I'm still kind of trying to figure it out, but my initial lean was Houston if Stroud plays. If he doesn't, Titans, I think, win this probably by a touchdown or more. Yeah, I was thinking of betting the Titans or the Texans earlier this week because we've seen after the first half of the season where no players cleared concussion protocol the week after getting injured. We've seen a lot of players clear concussion protocol recently, which is pretty just standard football guy shit, right? It's like playoff time. Like you're going to play or yeah. not, dude. You know, it's so I figured Stroud was going to play, but based on today's report and the fact that he like, I don't know. I, again, who knows, but he looked like he got rocked. <laughs> like I, I don't know. I just, when I saw him came, coming off, uh, walking off the field, I was like, eh, he's not going to be playing next week. That was my initial yeah. thought, but I, I thought that maybe I can like, catch a fallen knife and bet the tight Titans or Texans earlier this week. They end up not. And I think that was a wise decision because I don't think Stroud's going to, or yeah, I don't think Stroud's going to play. Yeah. That makes sense. All right, brother. I know you got a TV hit or dad duty or full-time job duty, something <laughs> to do. So I really appreciate you uh, hanging out with me to discuss my NFL week 15 picks and giving out your own picks. Um, yeah. As you guys know, if you listen to this podcast and the NBA um, podcast, I always have David on for this dude's an NBA guru. Check out and buy his season-long NBA packages at beatinthebookie.com. Follow his betting content at Future Press 2024 on X or Twitter or whatever you're calling it. Uh, he does a lot more than just NBA. Obviously, he does some NFL, college basketball, <laughs> hockey. <laughs> You kind of do it all, dude. (laughs) Don't talk about hockey. (laughs) It's been ugly. All right, cool. Sorry, never mind. Don't follow hockey (laughs) stuff. No, I actually paid him. I mean, hey, if you guys are making money, that's all that matters. All right, well, yeah. So check out uh, David, yeah, Future Press 2024. Stick around. I'm about to bring in Scott Martin from Fox News to go over his stats and public betting model plays. That's right, baby. It's the Barking Dog segment. I got Fox News financial analyst and Renaissance man Scott Martin here to delve out his stats and public betting model plays. Scott, two zero and one last week. Stellar Wait a performance. second. I was not. I oh yeah, stellar. Not quite the performance I needed at this juncture in the season, Jeff. I could have sworn. I was going to be 3-0, and which is long overdue. I get it, listeners. That's absolutely true. There's no lying there. But I was at the game, Jeff, that I got pushed on. Raiders-Vikings, the most exciting game in the history of middle school football <laughs> I've ever seen in my life, and a game that was destined to finish 0-0 and be an infamy, which has happened before, by the way, in the NFL a few times. But in modern-day NFL, it should, it should never happen, and it almost did. But again, to your point, I tied on that one. 
So 2-0-1, and I'll take it. And we'll take it into what's going to be a fun weekend for the NFL, buddy, both for the dogs and both for watchers of NFL games because we got two days worth, buddy. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is the first weekend of Saturday football, which I love. So we're going to have three Psyched. island games. Um, your Minnesota Vikings are playing in the first of the three Saturday games. I actually, I'm, the Vikings plus three and a half is like one of my best bets of the week. So hopefully so your team can there. pull it out. I almost went there on the barking dog segment here today. I just felt like, I think that, that, that would be a play for the model. Just so you know, um, let's, let's be fair, but it's not one we're going to talk about because I'm kind of sick of talking about the Vikings and, uh, because they've been so disappointing and they seem to do well when the, when the public bets them and they're not well when, the, when you fade them because of the public realizing some things. And just so you know, a lot of the public money is all over and up and down Cincinnati in that game. So just keep that in mind, folks. Yeah, public's hammering them. I'm seeing Hammer. betting splits upwards of, of 90% for... Hammer and sickle, uh, cin- Russia style back in the day. <laughs> I don't know about all that. You're, you're, you're Oh, wait. That's you're coming, a touchy subject. Yeah, you're coming up with all these uh, historical data points, talking about 0-0 ties in the NFL. I think that's pre-World War II NFL. I don't know where your head's at today, but let's get back to breaking down football so we're going to continue with your weekly tradition of three picks you got two dogs here but the first bet the first team on your card is actually fading a public dog with the new orleans saints let's talk about that game saints giants yes correct jeff sometimes in the barking dog segment we get that are favored via the spread but teams that are massive massive public dogs as you noted where the public just does not like them for some will some reason some assertion that is clearly incorrect or not correctly tabulated so this is the case jeff where we have a setup with the new york giants at the new orleans saints coming in with um a spread at minus six for new orleans so new orleans is giving up six to the suddenly upstart new york giants and everything that's been going on with the giants just coming off that great win at green bay and the saints too are one of those teams that the public is having a hard time figuring out and a team that i think the public is really starting to not like because of the fact that the Saints have frankly not lived up to their expectations. The Giants haven't either, but it's been an easy, say, uh, just waxing of the Giants as it's been waxing poetic, if I may, on the Giants this year because the off them for quite some time and they've been doing better on the Giants than they have on the Saints. So therefore, the public is getting back, I believe, at New Orleans here and not backing them into this uh, Giants game. And so when you have this this look of, you know, some various injuries on New Orleans side, you have Taysom Hill questionable. Obviously, Carr is still questionable. Not as many bad things going on for the Giants, at least offensively, as we saw in the Green Bay game. Because, as you know as well as I do, with the new quarterback situation in New York, we've got a suddenly different team out there. But still, this is a New Orleans team that's at home. You've got the Giants uh, going on the road uh, again. Actually, not going on the road again. They were home again against Green Bay. They're at home against New England. So going on the road this time, correcting that. Um, against the Saints, and the Saints putting in now the third straight game at home after playing Colorado and Detroit prior. And by the way, playing a couple of those games pretty tough, blowing out Carolina by 22 and uh, losing a tight one with Detroit the week before. Wait, did you so, say Colorado? Wait, who did the Saints? Yeah, I did say Colorado. Who did the so, Saints play? Just, just breaking news, Carolina. I think they're going to move <laughs> right, the team right. to Colorado and have two teams in Colorado, maybe Colorado Springs, which is lovely. But yes, Carolina, thank they, you, Jeff. The Aspen um, and, Panthers? And Detroit. That's right. The Pink Panthers. That actually could be it. It could be Colorado Springs Pink Panthers, which would be a fabulous team that would get some relatively good backing versus what they're getting, unfortunately, in Carolina, which is not good. So the Saints come in here just ready to, I think, slap one on the Giants. The public does not think they're going to do it. 
There's some injuries, like I mentioned, and some things that are going on in the New Orleans side, which is terrible on the offense. The defense is still legitimately good. They've shown up in times like this when they've come with teams coming in a little bit hotter than, say, their team is, and the public knows it or feels it. And we're looking at one of those spreads, too, Justin. We talked about every week. It's a weird spread, if you ask me. Six to the New Orleans Saints. So you're telling me that, say, on that even field, we're, we're what, minus three to the Saints? And then back to, say, at, at, at Giants Stadium, we'd be basically even – I don't think so. I think you're looking at a little bit of a weird spread here that the public likes to get six points for the Giants, and I think the Saints cover this one easily going away. Uh, I think your situational instincts are spot on in the sense that the Giants just uh, came off a, a bye week, and they, they got probably their biggest win of the season on Monday Night Football at home against the Packers team, which has been playing better but is kind of misleadingly good and – um, or not very good, I, I guess, and and probably or not just gonna... misleading, like you said. Yeah, right, I like that yeah. either way. Yeah, yeah, either way, but yeah, like you said, the Giants have two straight home games. Now they're going on the road against the Saints defense, which is really good. My only issue is that I just can't be in business with Dennis Allen and Derek Carr. Dennis Allen is, I think, six and fifteen for his career as a favorite. Terrible. So you really got to suck it up and and kind of lie to yourself to make a bet. But I don't know. We say this every week. It's the bets that you don't want to make that tend to be the the most profitable. Um, but I'm just I'm fearful that the 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 Saints rush defense is actually the weaker part of the other defense, and Saquon Barkley has been playing well. Saquon has been great. We talk about those ick bets all the time, as you noted. Mm-hmm. The bets that feel like they're completely impossible. You go up to the window and somebody says, hey, what's the spread on New Orleans and New York? And you're like, oh, you can get six points on the Giants. No problem. You can get – you don't have to worry about Danny Dimes and all those guys and any of that stuff. Um, you you can work – Davey Dimes. You can work You can work any, any way you want. You can go with your boy DeVito. You can work Saquon like Tommy you said Cutlets. out of the backfield. Yeah, Tommy Cutlets and all those guys. I mean, those guys are unbelievable because the spread shows that the public is on them completely. Com- compulsively yet you have to take the other side here if you really want to squeeze the juice so to speak the quick note on dennis allen which you have been on top of all season long and i give you mad props for that guess what bro that mean reverts over time i can't believe that dennis allen as a nfl head coach and this does happen it does continue i get it for some coaches i hope it's not my boy dennis but that will mean revert where guess what over the course of time he will become more of a spread beater Maybe it's not this year. Maybe it's when he loses his job next year at the end of the season. Whatever it is, that stat that you put out there makes me even more confident that the cover is in the cards here, and therefore that's New Orleans on my side. Again, from a gambling standpoint, I can't I can't poke money holes into what you just said. The mean reversion, I love that. Uh, but I don't know if he'll have enough time to mean revert. I think he's going to end up being fired before he can get back to 500 against the spread. I'll tell you what, if he doesn't cover this one on Sunday, I'll fire him. all right cool uh another coach who surprisingly got his back against the wall despite having the greatest career in nfl history is bill belichick however you're back in the patriots this week as they host the kansas city chiefs they're getting a big number so that's probably the first part of your argument but what else do you got for this game is the number big enough at nine that's the question i i I, you know what i'll answer the question for the public no it's not which means that the New England should be like 14 before the public is going to be on this one because the spread doesn't look good enough uh, as far as to them because the public is all over KC and then some. 
uh, Casey Masterpiece, one of my favorite barbecue sauces growing up all over this thing, like Casey Masterpiece is all over my cheeseburgers and ribs and pizza. So I would tell you that this is something. Barbecue yeah, sauce in your pizza, you weirdo. And it was, it was Casey Masterpiece. I just let that out by mistake. But that did happen when I was growing up. I mean, that's what I had to eat in, Chicago, in uh, Springfield, Ohio growing up. So now in Chicago, I have better choices. But it doesn't change the fact that the public seems to not have a choice here. Um, the public feels like Kansas City's bound, bound to bounce back. You know, Mahomes has been great, even though that offense has not been great. Mahomes, I got to tell you, has looked sketchy at some times. I mean, for mm-hmm. Pat Mahomes style, he hasn't looked awesome. And I also think, too, when you look at just how the Casey offense has been operating, it's not Taylor Swift. I mean, she's already had her impact on Travis Kelsey and all that. I mean, he's that's already a known quantity that's in the spreads. But what's happening is now Taylor Swift, yes, is in this spread somewhere. I promise you. I don't care if it's half a point, Jeff. She's in this spread. So, hi, Taylor. So, the point is that you have to set this up as a complete public dog that's absolutely in the veterinary clinic, worrying about whatever's going on with it, but one that's going to put that coach's back against the wall, just like your boy Dennis Allen. Bill Belichick is who you're talking about there in the lead-in. Unbelievable that we're talking about Belichick and wherever his future may be, how indeterminate it might be. Again, a setup where the coaches are with their backs against the wall. It's a nine-point spread, which looks too low. It looks it looks like it's it's too much of a gift to the public. Minus nine for the Chiefs. That's a that's a touchdown and a little field goal by Harrison Butker. Not a big deal. Some injuries on the uh, New England side, of course. And then you've also got Kansas City, which has a couple injuries. Pacheco and those guys, but there, there's some there's some things that are working out. It looks like on the Chiefs injury report that look a little more positive than they did last week. But the Chiefs man lost two in a row coming in at home against Buffalo prior to that at Green Bay. Tough games to lose because those were two games that they probably should have won. Uh, at least one of them they should have won, which is Buffalo, of course, except for Tony and, and, and people not knowing where to line up. And then the Patriots, which came off that win at Pittsburgh, which was grandiose, coming off a uh, a, a streak of, of losses that were absolutely horrible and also nailed by the public. So that mean reversion shows up again. This is a massive, massive public bet on, on Kansas City, not only, Jeff, on the spreads, but there are a ton of little teasy-weezies out there, as we like to call those things where public is teasing these things down to a field goal and below 7.6 point teasers. This thing is massively, massively loaded on the Chiefs public side. I'm on New England and the sharp side. Yeah, there's going to be the odds. The, the uh, sports books are probably going to need uh, New England upset here. Well, need in quotation marks. I don't really need anything. Um, we're just going to grade you at Patriots plus nine, but are you going to sprinkle on the money line? I probably will, just because. I think an upset would be great. I will tell you this much. May sprinkle on the money or just take the Patriots even down. I mean, I think the Patriots could keep this thing within four or three or one. So Ooh, something an like that, yes. An alternate spread, plus three and a half. Yeah, you go. Like alternate, yes. A plus two. We always need alternates. That's right. <laughs> um, I When this line first opened, or when this game first opened for betting, I instinctively looked towards the Chiefs, minus ten and a half. But I ended up talking myself out of it just based on like hunches and a lot of which you already articulated. It just feels like too big of a number for a Chiefs offense that really hasn't had much pop this year. Their wide receivers are terrible. I think the Patriots can get a little boost in momentum after that big road win in Pittsburgh this past Thursday night. So you got kind of agreement from me here on this one. Um, and to your point, everyone's betting the Chiefs based on the same logic. They just lost to the Bills. They're going to be angry. They're going to take it out on the Patriots. But 
that's not a very sharp point if everyone's betting it because of it. That's not where I want to be for sure, man. And I'll tell you what, a fun matchup too, nonetheless. I love the card that we get this weekend, Jeff, and this is another great game on Sunday too where you have Belichick versus Andy Reid. You've got the old guard, let's say, that's New England. The newer guard, but not even the newer guard. I mean, a guard, let's say, in Kansas City facing off in Foxborough um, at effectively, you know, high time, let's say, at 1 o'clock Eastern on Sunday uh, on, on December uh, 17th. So it's one of those great, great, great ideas, great situations that's going to be a great game to watch, and I think it's going to be super tight because of it. All right, let's talk about your third and final pick. I wish we can get all of your picks out there because you're actually firing from the hip and going with your model on a lot of these games and being as though that you're so excited about the card. I'd like to hear more of what you have, but I'm sure you'll text me some of the picks. What's the You fun- can, and if we put in some more quarters in the machine, maybe we can do that next time. <laughs> yeah, I'll jukebox you. Um, all right, what you, what's your third and final pick here for the Outkick Bets listeners? Dallas Cowboys at Buffalo Bills, man. 4 p.m., 425 to be exact. Let's call it 420 on the 17th. Let's call it 420 on the 17th Sunday where uh, Dallas goes into Buffalo. Uh, got Buffalo minus two and a half. And uh, a setup where this one's looking pretty interesting to me because of the fact that everybody's super excited about Buffalo again. I don't know how many times we've been over this. I don't know if it's like how many ex-girlfriends I've burned through over the years or whatever, like how the relationship seems to get better again and then it gets worse again. It's worse than it was worse uh, before and then it gets better than it was better and all that stuff. And that seems to be the story of the, the 2023 Buffalo Bills where it looks like they're dead, they're left for dead, they're horrible, they're going to be the worst team in the AFC and then, oh my God, these guys are better than the Chiefs again. So this is perfect because the this, this public says, oh my God, this is a time when, when Buffalo's coming in off of um, – I guess a pretty nice win at Kansas City. And we talked about Kansas City a few minutes ago. Not that impressive, but I guess impressive for the Bills, given their history in Kansas City and given everything that's been going on with the Chiefs and Bills in the last few years. Prior to that, a pretty good game, a pretty good effort at Philadelphia, as we saw on the 26th of November, and then a win against the Jets, and then some stinky games at home versus Denver and at Cincinnati for the Bills. And so it just didn't look like the greatest thing happening for the Bills until, like I said, all of a sudden the relationship with that X gets better and the public starts to love them where the Cowboys now are running a, a, a great winning streak and a great streak that, to me, shows the team that is still, for some reason, in this game. I think because of just the spread being tight enough to where the public thinks that Buffalo minus 2.5 is something that's kind of an easy pick, kind of that home bet. It's that home team that's starting to rise faster than, let's say, the away team, which I don't think is the case. I believe that the uh, public is starting to see that and kind of uh, anticipate um, the Bills stepping this one up just because the Cowboys are going to be on the road. It's a late game, so it's going to be darker towards the end of the game. It's going to feel like one of those late in December or mid-December games in NFL football lore. That sounds really great. It's going to be a competitive game. But one, too, that if you just look at, say, the matchup itself, if you look at Dax versus Josh, you look at, say, um, Stefan versus CD. Um, anything when you come to matchups that are going to be the big players in this game, the public's riding with the Bills on this one. And it's probably that home team advantage. It's probably the, the weather. And it could be the fact, too, that, say, they're expecting things to run out for Dallas. Maybe Dak doesn't show up as well as, jo- as Josh does uh, on Saturday or Sunday, rather. And so we have that battle between the quarterbacks, at least one MVP candidate I'm hearing, and Stephen A. Smith's probably favorite MVP candidate, as we know. And it just seems like something that the public is starting to fade this one pretty hard, is starting to bet on the Bills and the favorite. And I don't want to be there. I want to be on Dallas. I want to be that team that comes in 
gets two and a half points. Maybe that goes to three. That would be absolutely fantastic. May actually, Jeff, for disclosure, take this one up to three because three would be a good number to have in this game because it could be pretty tight. And that's not what the public's feeling. That's what I'm feeling, plus three on Dallas or plus two and a half. Let's call it two and a half for the pod, but I may take it up to three if we get a chance to get three for a relatively good value on Sunday morning. I don't think you'll have to buy a half point. I think I'll end up closing at three. I think uh, late money will come in on the Bills. Um, I think there's going to be good two-way action in this one. You could say the Bills are the most, one of the more publicly popular teams in the NFL, but they're right up there with the, the Dallas Cowboys. So I don't think you're going to get much out of fading the public. It's just who you have power rated as the better team. And if the Cowboys plus two and a half is a better bet than the Bills minus two and a half. We have disagreement on this one, dude. I'm going to go with the Bills. Oh. I bet the Bills to win the, um, almost at the World Series, the Super Bowl a couple weeks ago before they lost to Philly. So I could have got a better number if I just waited a few days, but I still have them at plus 2000. Um, statistically they're neck and neck with the Dallas Cowboys, despite Dallas having a much better resume. Dallas is rolling right now, but I'm surprised you're not fading, uh, America's team on this one. I thought we were going to be aligned and taking the bills. Well, what I'm surprised about is more so than that fact that the public is not riding America's team. I mean, what did they do to the public in the last five weeks besides running off a streak of wins that took the public off this bandwagon? And that to me is something that this is why we do the segment, right? Because this looks at data upon data upon data, mean reversion, capital flows, movement in lines to show where that public money is showing up and, and befuddling us. I mean, this is the barking dog segment at its nature. Because you'd look at this game and be like, oh, there's no way. The public's going to love two and a half on Dallas. They have to. This is too easy. It's America's team. Jerry Jones. He understands you. You listen to me. You listen to him. You listen to everybody. Jerry Jones is us. He's great. No, in, in fact, they're going with Bill's Mafia and taking the Bill's minus two and a half. So it's surprising, yes. At least that's what the data is saying right now. We'll know more on Sunday, like you said, with where the spread finishes off. But, man, this one looks, feels, tastes, and barks like Dallas on Sunday. Sounds like you're going to be surprised because I think Josh Allen's going to rip your head off and shit down your neck. Do that, man. He doesn't do that anymore. He's a reform guy now. He went there. Dax might do it, though. Dak Prescott might do it. Dak is a baller. Uh, didn't make the fantasy football uh, playoffs this year despite C.D. Lamb's best efforts. That guy's that guy was going off. Gosh. So I, I love those guys. I, it's it's going to be a phenomenal game. It's probably going to be the most watched game in the NFL this season. Uh, it could pass the Eagles and Cowboys from last week. We'll see, but it's going to be great two-way action. One of us are going to be right about it at least. Well, it could be a three-way if we end up getting a three-point uh, three three point spread for the close, which hopefully does happen because that's the number I'm targeting it on. But right now, two and a half plus Dallas. I'll take it all day long. I think Dallas wins the game too, man. There's a little sprinkle on that money line for sure. Just for you, Jeff, and for the listeners. I hope, I hope it gets up to three and a half and everyone hits Dallas. And then I'm just sitting there betting the bills minus three and a half. No way they could cover that. Or promises, promises, man. A lot of what Pauly public is going to be saying is there's no way they'll cover against a teaser. They'll be teasing the Cowboys up. I don't know, Scott. We'll see. We'll see, buddy. Promises, promises. Promises, promised. A great song by Naked Eyes, and your eyes are going to be focused on this game like many others, and it's going to be a great game to watch, and I will be fine taking the Cowboys in this one. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate you making the time for me today. I know you got like a Fox News or Fox Weather or Fox Sports hit. I don't know. You're, Something like that. You're a TV star. You killed it on Fox Weather last week. Thank you for sending me that link. That was awesome. 
Um, keep up the good work. Where can people find your good work? Find me on Fox Renaissance someday in the future if we ever get that time machine fixed. Uh, but find me on uh, Twitter, which is now called X, at Scotty Markets, talking food, sports, and a little bit of music. More importantly, subscribe, rate, review, and download the Outkick Bets podcast. We're doing some good work here. I'm excited by the NFL, the the end of the NFL season. We'll also have some college football um, bull betting content. I'll probably get Scott in the loop for that. So check that out. Uh, expect that to hit your Outkick podcast, uh, Outkick Bets podcast feed. But until next week, peace. Thank you.